Hey everyone, welcome back to Dom and Jimbo's Album Swap, episode number 71. Um, this episode we've got two albums we're going to talk about, the first of which was recommended by my dad over here. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, how about you? I'm good. And uh, Daniel over here, how are you doing? I'm not doing too bad. Yeah, um, the first album that we're going to talk about is the sixth album by Faith No More overall. Yeah. Yeah. Fourth, featuring uh, Mike Patton mm -hmm. as the lead singer. Third, yes. that you recommended on this podcast. Yes. Um, the other two being The Real Thing and Angel Dust, which were the first two albums with uh, Mike Patton as the vocalist. Mm -hmm. um, why don't you talk about this album and, uh, you know, I guess why you recommended it and what you think about it. Yeah, so, like I kind of said last week... Um, I had, obviously I'm a fan of Mike Patton's, I've talked about that for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a fan of Faith No More and Mr. Bungle and a lot of his other side projects I like too. Not all of them though, some of them are actually not good. But, you know, he's very experimental, so that's going to happen, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but, uh, so I, I got a book for Christmas um, and it was, it's about, all about Faith No More and Mr. Bungle. Um, I'm trying to remember the actual name of it, it's like the... The Companion or something? Yeah, the, the Faith No More and Mr. Bungle Companion or something like yeah. that. And it kind of goes um, through each album in, in actual, you know, time. Uh, this was done by a reporter who had a music, you know, reporter and critic who uh, had kind of followed Faith No More um, from the beginning because he was from the same area, knew a lot of the same people. And, um, you know, became a fan of Faith No More's from the beginning, uh, even with the Chuck Mosley days and stuff like that. Which I like, too. I like the Chuck Mosley uh, version of Faith No More. I don't think it's quite as accomplished, and I'm not, like, like thrilled with him as a singer. But it's definitely interesting, and some of it's pretty good. Um, but, yeah, anyway, so I get this uh, Faith No More Mr. Bungle companion for Christmas, and um, something I had always wanted to do is really give a better listen Although I had known some songs from both these albums. And uh, and also the last album they put out um, more recently, I think it was 2013, uh, when they when they regrouped. Um, and that one was called Soul Invictus. Um, but I'd, I had never really given a full-on listen to their last two albums. Um, album of the Year, which is the one I, um, I put for today's uh, criticism. And uh, the one before that, King, uh, King for a Day, Fool for a Lifetime. Um, and I actually wound up really liking both in different ways. Like I said, there were two different guitarists on them, um, separate from the first um, two albums with Mike Patton, where they still had Jim Martin on, on guitar, um, who was the original guitar player. Um, and they were definitely both very different than what I had understand, from what I had um, you know learned of their music from the first two albums with Mike Patton. Um, they definitely, like I said, you, you definitely, to me, hear a different, definite, like, maturation of, of uh, Mike Patton's voice. Mm -hmm. He doesn't do as much of the nasally stuff. Um, he definitely is trying harder to be, like, just kind of a good singer, you know? <laughs> and it, I think it definitely comes through in, the, in uh, these two albums. I think more so on Album of the Year, maybe because it's the latest of, the, of those two um, and their second latest in, in in all um 
and I just yeah I wound up liking a lot of it and it's it's some of it's very different some of it's like you know like I said it kind of is more mature um, and kind of it's kind of better in some ways I like the I almost like the sophomoric um, tendencies of the first two albums with Mike and you gotta understand and people a lot of this is what the book really brings up you gotta understand when he wrote the lyrics to that first album he was 19 and the second yeah. album he was 21 so it's like he was really thrust into this pretty pretty hard you know he was never really the singer of any band before this like he had dabbled in a couple things in music but really hadn't even thought of being a music you know musician too hard he was working like other jobs and stuff like that but he was definitely interested in music and you know when you're 19 and you're at that point and someone says hey come sing for my band even though faith no more wasn't you know huge at the time they were a signed band nonetheless uh so you know like i said i think these albums and i think especially album of the year kind of definitely show, show you know a maturing um vocally and lyrically show a maturing uh mike Patton. so um i just wanted to know what you guys thought of it because i if it was like kind of the same as the first two albums i probably wouldn't have recommended it whether right. i liked it or not but i thought it's it, it had such a different sound that i i, I wanted you guys to check it out hmm. so yeah so um uh daniel let's start with you what'd you think of album of the year i thought it was pretty good yeah. um i i liked a lot of the songs on it hmm. um i think yeah i think mike Patton definitely matured a little bit as a as not only a singer but somewhat of a songwriter. Yeah. I like uh I like the real thing and I think I like the real thing more than I like this album. Yeah. But um I definitely do think that was a very like very much like younger uh you know more like gritty mm. album. And not that this album isn't necessarily gritty. It's just that, you know. Yeah. It's it's sort of more mature though. It, yeah. It always interests me when older <clears throat> artists get older mm -hmm. how their music is gonna mature yeah and i feel like there are certain artists honestly eminem sort of falls into that category who never really matured their music very much mm -hmm. which is fine i mean i get i get the sort of mindset of stick with what works but what i respect a lot about this album is it's it's very it very much shows like how much Mike Patton's grown in his uh, craft. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, yeah, I just think it's a very well put together album. I feel like a lot of the songs, a lot of the songs do sound very much like other Faith No More songs I've heard. Mm -hmm. But I do think they're all like unique enough in their own way that yeah. they can... Um, I think it definitely shows their the difference between... The guitar players. Yes. Um, you don't have that kind of crunchy um, old school, which I'm not even bagging on too much. I think it was good for what it was. But Jim Martin is is like, I'm pretty sure Jim Martin was like way older than everyone else in that band. And he had a definite like almost Metallica-ish senses about him when it came to his guitar playing. Whereas in this album, it's definitely more... While it still can be powerful, it's definitely more laid back yeah. and more like not as in your face. And definitely, I like the fact that with that happening, it let like the keyboards and the bass come through more. 
because those yeah. guys are talented as hell. And it's, it's, I'm glad to see them kind of shine on these albums a little more than they were able to. Yeah. In uh, in the first two albums where Jim Martin was playing. Yeah, I like... Um, what was I going to say? I was going to say something that I totally forgot. Um, what are some of your favorite songs? Some of my favorite songs are... Uh, I like Collision, mm-hmm. uh, Last Cup of Sorrow... Helpless, uh, She Loves Me Not, and I like uh, Paths of Glory, and the last song, Pristina. Mm-hmm. I think, honestly, Collision's probably my favorite song Okay. on the album. I think it's a really strong way to start it off. I, if I had to pick a least favorite, it would probably be Strip Search. Oh, yeah. I feel like Mike Patton maybe fell back into his, like, older way of singing a little bit more, which... Mm. Isn't bad, but I feel like doesn't really fit with the rest of the album. Right. I feel like the rest of the album, he's, you know, singing a little bit more. Not. Better's the wrong word. Because I think there's merit in both of those types of singing. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he's singing a little harder. Like, right. I feel like he's trying a little harder, and not mm. to say that the other one's bad, because sometimes when you're not trying hard, um, things work out better. Right. And that's sort of the way I feel about the first two Faith No More albums I've heard. Like, I don't know if he's trying that hard, but that's what works about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Matter of fact, on this album, just so you know, the last cup of sorrow was the only s- single they released off this, because I think. They broke up right after... I think they broke up in the midst of this tour. Actually. Oh, it was the last single they released? It was the last single they released before they broke up. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and then, like... It said, uh... I looked it up. It said Ashes to Ashes was the lead single off of it. Was it? You know, yeah. I didn't notice that. <clears throat> I don't know if it that was... That actually is my favorite song on this album. Yeah, how much it was on the radio, but it, it was, yeah. like, the first single release. I don't remember hearing that on the radio. I might have just missed it. I remember hearing Last Cup of Sorrow on the radio. Yeah. But I like I like Ashes to Ashes. It's a decent song. Mm. It didn't crack, like, my favorites, but right. it's, yeah. a, it's a decent enough. That's definitely my favorite song on this album. I think his voice is the best on that song, um, from my, you know, from my opinion. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. I don't know, I just really like that song. Yeah. Strip Search, I just kind of feel like Mike Patton sort of went backwards in that song, mm. and it didn't it it surprised me and not in like a good way. Right, um, right. But like, yeah, I I I respect any artist who can mature themselves, mm-hmm. um, and who can go through that process without losing what makes their band or music special, like. Mm-hmm. He managed to go through. He managed to make just like a more, um, a more sort of refined faith. No more. Mm-hmm. Not that faith no more was bad. I get. I very much get. I like faith no more a lot. I mm-hmm. like. Um, I like the first two albums. I don't think I have any of the songs off those albums on the playlist because honestly, I feel like those albums work a lot more as whole experiences mm-hmm. rather than individual songs. Right. But, uh, and there's the same thing with this album, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I'd listen to any of these songs on their own. Maybe Collision, because I think that's a really good song. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, like, hype. 
And for some reason, a lot of people think hype songs can't be, you know, can't come along with, you know, age and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, um... Yeah. I think they can. I think you can still... I think there's merit to that, like, hype music. Right. Um, but, yeah, I think that's a very good song. I think this whole album is very nice because I think... I think maybe Mike Patton was flexing a little bit of his, like, experience. Mm-hmm. And his, uh... Yeah, I think he was... I think he was trying something different, definitely. Right. Um... But yeah, uh, overall, I'd probably give it like a B plus. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. It was a very good album. Um, I don't like it as much as the real thing. Mm-hmm. I like it more than Angel Dust, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's a very it's a very nice experience of an album. Good, cool. All right, B plus is pretty good. I'm happy with that. So uh, Dominic, what do you think of album of the year? I liked it actually. I liked it a lot actually. Really? Um, yes, and I liked it more than the other two that you recommended. I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, I did come around a little bit to Angel Dust over time. Mm-hmm. I think I didn't like that album very much when you recommended it. Now it's like, it's all right, mm-hmm. um, and it, I understand it's like place in music. That that the that and the real thing are very much cited as like, the a couple of the most important like rock albums of the early 90s right um but i don't enjoy them as much as a lot of people do mm-hmm. but this album yeah it was a lot more eclectic in my opinion it was uh a bit more experimental there was a lot more like synths and stuff yeah uh, especially that's what i meant when i said like when yeah. the guitar eases back a little bit roddy bottom definitely gets to like you know shine a little bit because he's an he's an he's an excellent keyboard player yeah yeah and songs like i think strip search and helpless mm-hmm. um there's a lot more synths going on and those are two of my favorite tracks actually mm-hmm. um yeah i didn't actually like collision that much mm-hmm. um as an opener especially but just in general that actually that song felt very real thing-ish mm-hmm. in my opinion yeah i can see that um it felt and it felt more rock mm-hmm. which isn't bad really but uh yeah, it just wasn't one of my favorite songs. But I did like, I liked Strip Search, Last Cup of Sorrow, Naked in Front of the Computer, uh, Helpless, all of those songs. Mouth to Mouth, um, I don't think, I, I don't think it was bad, but it, uh, it didn't have as much of an effect on me. Ashes to Ashes was decent. She Loves Me Not was probably my least favorite song. Mm-hmm. Um, got That Feeling. Didn't love that song. Uh, Pads of Glory, though, was really good. Homesick Home. Um, I don't remember how much I like that song. Um, I feel like towards the second half, it does sort of get a little bit uh, more um, tedious, I guess. Mm -hmm. But still, uh, it does keep me somewhat engaged throughout the whole album. And I do remember liking the last song, Pristina, as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. It It did feel like they matured a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, between you know this and the la- uh, this and the first album they recorded yeah. with Mike Patton, yeah, um, which I like a lot, and uh, yeah, it, it sucks because it feels like this is like out of their four out of those four albums that they made in the nineties. Uh, this is like the least um, heard of and acclaimed, mm-hmm. and I think this one is might be the. I haven't heard uh, King for a day for a lifetime 
That's but, also uh, good, and if I, I wouldn't, you know, I, I yeah. would, I should say, definitely recommend giving that a listen if you can. But yeah. um, it was hard to decide between those two albums, but they're and they're very, they're also very different from yeah. each other. Because, um, like I said, I'm pretty sure King for a Day, Fool for a Lifetime had the guitar player from Mr. Bungle, which kind of made it mm-hmm. a little more that style, um, yeah. which I'm not the hugest fan of comparatively to the Faith No More stuff, but. Um, yeah, that's why I think this album shined a little bit more for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mike Patton is a very talented guy, and he's one of those guys who seems like he just has a lot going on mm-hmm. uh, musically in his head. Yeah. Um, where he can just do a bunch of different eclectic musical projects, mm-hmm. e- even if I don't love everything he does. Um, yeah. Yeah, I really respect him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd give this album a B-plus as well. Nice. Yeah. Oh, good. Good. Glad it kind of hit home like I was hoping it would for yeah. you guys. Um, yeah. Cool. So yeah, this week um, Dominic uh, chose the album from The Strokes, um, their latest album, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, the new as abnormal. Of, as so, of 2022. 2022, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, give us uh, you know give us the reason you put this one out there. Yeah, so speaking of actually, like, uh, you know, um, eclectic uh, music guys, Julian Casablancas is a pretty interesting guy uh, in the music scene. Started off um, in The Strokes. I think that's pretty much the first thing he ever did. Hmm. He, he was sort of, The Strokes were sort of made fun of a little bit in the early 2000s because they were all sort of like rich New York kids. Mm-hmm. They were just like, oh, we're going to start a, a, a rock band. Um, but I do think um, that that was a little bit unfair, I guess. I don't know. In, in like an era of like industry plants and stuff now, that's not really as um, uncommon, and it's a bit more accepted now. Right. That, you know, some, it, it's, it's just easier for rich people to make music. And I feel like that was always sort of happening um, where... Uh, you know, so a lot of the people in music scenes were sort of portraying themselves as, uh, to be a certain way where they weren't, um, you know, in this sort of like outsider uh, sort of sense where, you know, they're probably funded a lot more than was being shown, I guess. Um, but the strokes were just more honest about that. So they got the sort of shit end in that way Mm. um but yeah i i don't love a lot of the strokes output um their first couple of albums are sort of seen as classics and they're okay they have some really good catchy songs on them um like someday or last night or whatever um but they they do they are a bit simple in my opinion um, they don't really go far enough to make them really great to me. They're really derivative. Um, and that's sort of the entirety of the Strokes' career uh, is just sort of deriving from older stuff. And that's a lot of what was going on at the time in general. You could say that about, like, the White Stripes and, uh, you know, a lot of other stuff that was going on, like a lot of ska music. Mm. Uh that was really popular was sort of, you know, derived obviously from the ska music that was in like the sixties and stuff. Um, that's all that music is really. But, uh, 
yeah, I think in that scene, in that like garage rock, blues rock revival scene, the the strokes are one of the weaker ones to me. But um, they sort of uh, towards the two thousand towards the beginning of the two thousand tens were more sparsely putting out albums, and they stopped for a while in twenty thirteen when they put out their last one for a while. And uh, Julian Casablancas was making albums with his side band, which was the Voids. Um, they have some pretty good albums too. I've thought about recommending a couple of theirs, um, but this album, the new Abnormal, came out the other year in twenty twenty. Um, and it's, I think, their most eclectic album, their most, like, uh, musically interesting album. Uh, I really love a lot of the songs on it. I don't think it's perfect. Um, it obviously is pretty derivative, like I said. Um, and it's, uh, more so of, like, 80s new wave music, sort of, and, uh, some other alternative rock at that time. But, uh, yeah, uses a lot more, and I think they did that even, like, towards the end of, uh, their original run. In, in the 2010s, in the early 2010s, uh, with uh, 80s Come Down Machine or whatever that album was. But uh, I think this album does it way better. And yeah, it's just super consistent. Some really great songs. Some really, like, dynamic in terms of, like, genres and instruments used. Like, The Adults Are Talking, that song is way different than a lot of the other songs in the album. And same with uh, At the Door and why are sunday so depressing and songs like that where it can get a bit more rock ish it can get a bit more synth pop ish stuff like that um the only song i, I don't think any songs are bad but i do want to say something about uh the song bad decisions i can never listen to that song without just feeling like it's ripping off uh dancing with myself by billy idol Oh. I don't know if you heard that while listening to that song. I think, yeah, I think I like, might have had making, some kind of feeling like that. Making yeah. bad decisions, that chorus. <laughs> and even like that uh, melody, that like guitar, I think, melody toward in the beginning feels derivative of something. I don't know if it's that song, uh, Dancing With Myself, but it feels derivative of some other melody. Like to, And I, again, like I feel like policing, because um, there, there's some stuff where... You know, people have sued other people for, like, drum beats or mm -hmm. something. Or, like, um, people wanted Elvis Costello, I, I think, um, to, like, sue Olivia Rodrigo because on one of her songs, the guitar riff was similar to Pump It Up or something. Okay. Which just sounds... It's just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. even, and even this, I don't think you should get sued for it. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of times, that's, like, subconscious. Like, you just create melodies... Uh, that you think that you think of in your head, but um, they end up being more similar to other things that you've heard of before in your life. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, to me, that, that song is too similar, especially the chorus is too similar to Dancing With Myself uh, by Billy Idol. But otherwise, yeah, I really like this album. Um, and I'll start with Daniel. What did you think about The New Abnormal? Uh, I thought it was really good. Um, mm hmm in certain parts. I thought, um, I liked The Adults Are Talking, uh, Brooklyn Bridge to Chorus, uh, Why Are Sunday So Depressing, and, uh, Not the Same Anymore. Mm -hmm. If I had to pick a weak song on this album, it's kind of, kind of hard. I don't really love Selfless, but mm -hmm. it's fine. It's just kind of boring. Um, yeah. But for the most part, yeah, I think this album's pretty good. 
I've never been a big fan of the Strokes either. Yeah. Um, and I feel kind of about this album the same way as I do as the rest of them. Um, I'm I like it a lot more than the rest of them, but I still think it's just not really my thing. Um, and I don't really know why, because there's a lot of music that's similar to this that I like. Um, not. Yeah, I like I like a lot of rock from like the '80s and '90s, but yeah, just for some reason, I never really got into The Strokes. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I mean, this album was 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 good though. I liked it, um, and I thought that it was very interesting in certain parts. I did I did uh, see the similarity to Dancing with Myself. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was that was weird cuz I thought that song was coming on and I thought like, oh, is that what Spotify's doing? Is it turning that song on? I was like, yeah. oh no, this is another song on the album. Yeah. I don't exactly remember how the entirety of that song goes, Dancing with Myself. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how the entirety of the song compares to it, but I do know that chorus, like the dancing with myself. Yeah. Uh -oh, uh oh which is very similar to the chorus on that song. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it's a. I think it's a decent album. Um, I'd probably go back and listen to it again, but uh, yeah. It and for the most part, like I don't think there was a single out uh, song on this album that I like hated. Yeah. Um, like I don't know. I didn't like self selfless. I thought that was just a really boring song. Mm -hmm. um, I thought the adults are talking was a good song, and I thought that was kind of a weak way to follow it up. But yeah, um, the rest of the album, for the most part, is just very solid. Um, if I had to give it a grade, I'd probably give it like a B minus. Mm, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so going over to Dad now. Yeah. What did you think about it? I liked it, and yeah, Dad. They definitely sound different on this. You definitely do get a uh, yeah more of an '80s new wave, '80s '80s uh, uh, alternative kind of kind of kind of sound. Yeah. Um, in some areas, it felt like, and I don't know if this was because I expect that of the Strokes or not, which wouldn't be fair. And I do like most of the songs on this album, but sometimes it just felt like there wasn't any punch in it in some of the songs mm -hmm. like it seemed to kind of drift and not really get you where you want to go musically yeah, I can see that um and not all of them just some of them like yeah the adults are talking is definitely different and um good i liked it um selfless was meh uh i think the the song that I feel the most about that is the last song, Ode to the Mets. Like, it's like, first of all, yeah. I just got hopeful that it was a song bashing the Mets, but it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but no, it just, it, that song felt flat, and I think, I think Selfless and Brooklyn Bridge to the Chorus kind of fell flat for me. Really? Other songs I liked. Like, I liked The Adults Are Talking. I actually liked Bad Decisions, although it felt a little derivative. Um, yeah. probably my favorite song was Eternal Summer. There was something about that song that I really yeah. liked. Um, and not the same anymore. I thought that was very good. Mm. Uh, Why Are Sunday So Depressing was pretty good, actually, too. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's got a lot of good, 
Um, a lot of good stuff on it. And like I said, except for every once in a while, and I'm not even sure if I'm being fair by saying this because it's... If I don't take it as a Strokes album, maybe I would feel different about it. And that's kind of not fair if they're trying to do something different. Um, but again, and I gave it a lot of listens just because I wanted to be fair about it. Um, and I think I came I came around on some of the songs where I was like, yeah, you know what? That didn't really need the the punch. It's, it's good. Um, but yeah, I think overall it was a pretty good album and definitely... Definitely a departure from the Strokes' uh, normal sound um, that you got used to with their, you know, uh, early 2000s uh, hits. So, yeah, I would give it a B, a regular solid B. Um, definitely performs well most of the time. Um, had a couple of really standout songs. One or two songs that were just meh, but nothing terrible, you know. So, yeah, I think it definitely a solid B would be my uh, grade there. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, um, I'm good. I'm glad it went over pretty well with you guys. Yeah. Um, so I guess it's time for uh, next week. Yeah. Recommendations. Do you have yours this week or next, next week? week okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have mine. Um, let me just pull it back up. Yeah, I think I got what I'm gonna. Recommend. One second, guys. Let me get my my big my big list of all the albums. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you I have, you have one of those? Yeah. It goes back um, to August. You should send me that because I could complete it, uh, complete it out, and because uh, we have been trying to make like a, a list of all the albums we recommended, and stuff. Mm, yeah. It goes back to August twenty eighth. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Um, what's yeah? Yours? So I was struggling to come up with an album this week. I haven't been listening to a ton of new stuff. Um, I feel like some sometimes when I go and I think about. You know, old stuff that I listen to, I feel like, oh, I've kind of recommended a lot of that already. But there's actually one band that I haven't recommended yet, and um, I think they're still making music, but they haven't come out with an album since 2018 from what I looked at. But um, I think they've just been on tour, and I think with the pandemic and stuff like that, I just don't think that they've they've done anything since then. They may come out. I don't. From, as far as I know, they haven't broken up or anything. But... Um, this is going to be an album from 1988, and as far as this band is considered one of the big four of metal, they went on tour as the big four with Metallica, um, Megadeth, uh, and Slayer, and they're kind of the least known of the three of the four, um, and probably the least popular. Although they were very popular and still are, and so I'm gonna and this a lot of Anthrax fans did not like this album, but this was my favorite album from Anthrax. Because I found it very different from their other stuff in a good way. Um, so I'm recommending 1988's State of Euphoria from Anthrax. Okay. Um, really, like, while being a thrash album and kind of having, you know, Metallica-esque sounds, it really, like, experiments a lot more, and I like that. Yeah. So I, I, I always thought this was their best album by far, so... Yeah, I'm gonna Anthrax's State of Euphoria from 1988. Yeah, so the album that I'm going to recommend is uh, actually again from 2020, much later in the year though, uh, towards the uh, middle of December I think or the beginning. Um, it is a lot of red again, is it? No, no. Um, maybe, maybe I'll just recommend a whole lot of red again <laughs> some at some point. See if my opinion but, has uh, changed on it. Yeah, just. Hit, hit you with it until you like it, but uh, no. Um, this is an al- this is an album by uh, 
an artist named Kid Cudi. He's uh, pretty famed in the, I guess, rap scene. And uh, uh, it's hard to... He, he mixes a lot of genres in his music, and he's been... Um, he's been influenced by a lot of genres in his music so you know it's it's often like a mix of like rap and pop and r&b and rock music sometimes he made a whole rock album in the middle of the 2010s uh which got mixed pretty mixed reception but um yeah he's definitely he definitely likes to experiment a lot with his music um he has a trilogy of albums now um started off as just two of them um but it started off in 2009 with his first album man on the moon uh the man on the moon i think the end of day was the was the first one yeah man on the moon the end of day then um in 2010 the second one came out man on the moon the legend of mr rager and then 10 years later he followed it up with this one um man on the moon uh man on the moon three the chosen so that's the album I'm going to be recommending. Um, I, it was hard because I wanted to recommend one of those Man on the Moon albums, um, but I didn't know which one because they're all really similar to me like in terms of quality, not not uh, really in terms of mu musical content because um, they're all kind of different from each other. But um, in terms of like which ones I like more, it's hard for me to choose. But uh, I think this one maybe is like the most accessible one. Maybe I don't know, but it's it's more recent and it's more, uh, I guess, uh, timely to talk about. So yeah, and I do think it's really great, um, and I think it's kind of underrated too by a lot of people. Mm. Whereas the first two are sort of acclaimed a lot of the time. So yeah, Man on the Moon three colon The Chosen by Kid Cudi and uh, what was the name of the. Um, State of Euphoria. State of Euphoria by Anthrax. So, uh, yeah, listen to those albums. Do your homework. Uh, wear a mask. Uh, stay inside if you can as much as possible. Um, and uh, stay safe. We'll see you next week. See you next week.